0: We have a lot of work to do today on the subject of hospitality. But I want to start it with an illustration I used to use at youth rallies if I had the time to do so. I would ask the group, I said, I need to know what kind of people I'm talking to. So, and I would start, and I'm not going to do this today. You you can keep your seats. I would ask people that liked... Uh, country music to stand up and some would and then they sit down and I say how many of you like rock and some of the same people would stand but others would stand and then I would start doing other divisions what state are you from who do you root for uh, everything from football teams like and this goes on for about three or four minutes every single new division you got more boos more catcalls more comments and it got to where it became an unruly group And then I tell everybody to sit down. And I said, I want you to notice something. We are gifted at division. We are so gifted at finding a way to not respect the other person. To draw that line and say, right, I'm on that side. You're on that side of the line. I, I, I just, I can't like you anymore. I had people that suggested that I would really love a particular TV show when I told them, no, I don't really want to watch it, thought less of me. And I'm going, okay, that's a gift. That's a gift to have that ability to divide over a drop of a hat. I don't even know what hat we're talking about and why we're dropping it, but you get the point. One of the most used tools in our toolbox, our skill set, is the one we use to measure others against us and find them wanting. No wonder, then, that God listed that at the very top of the list of the things he hates. God hates. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. I've told you this before. This passage reminds me of my mom, because my mom would start when I was a boy. You know what really upsets me about you? There, there are two thing, the three things that it, it just kept growing but, uh, before the list even began. So here God is like my mom. There are six things the Lord hates, no wait, seven that are detestable to him. Number one, haughty eyes. What, really? I would have thought, you know, rape, war, you know, being nasty to somebody or kicking a dog. No, haughty eyes. We'll get back to that. We may, you may want to get the list. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. That's what God hates. Why why haughty eyes? Well, you can't mistreat somebody until you find a way to look down on them. And therefore we find a way. Oh, they're like that. They vote for that person. Oh, they read, you know, they, they go to that place. And we find a way to look down upon the other, then we can mistreat them. Or, if we're just, we're really nice people, we're not going to mistreat anybody. We'll just cut them out of our life and ignore them. Haughty eyes. It's good to preach against judgmentalism and prejudice, for that is a a, a powerful natural tendency in all of us. But that's a negative list. It's a list of don'ts. The Bible has lists that are mainly don'ts. The, the Ten Commandments are, have, are phrased more negatively than positively. However, what's the flip side of haughty eyes, snap judgments, and wide-brush stereotyping prejudice? Something called hospitality. Our God is a hospitable God. Look at these verses. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. Revelation, the Spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, come. In other words, whoever he invites, you invite. Just let the invitations roll. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. We go on to the, the next one. Oh, well, not yet. Hang on. We'll get to that. We are to model the hospitality of God. So let's look at Romans 15, 7. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. We're going to free, uh, We're going to talk about that one a bit. That's one of those verses that it's easy to read and just rush right past. But did you see what he said? Accept others as you were accepted by Christ. I phrase that in a different way sometimes. I ask people, be as patient with others as you want God to be to you. Does that give anybody else a chill down the back? It should. This is a big deal to God. Now we can move on. Thank you. Mark chapter 12. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your might and all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Then Hebrews 13, 1 and 2. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Ooh, that's a pretty cool thought. Well, hospitality is a character trait of our God, and we should be very grateful for that, because he did not have to invite us into his family. He did not have to invite us into the fellowship of the saints, but he did. Take a look at these passages i know we're reading a lot but you need to see this is not a one-off this is a theme throughout scripture exodus 23:9, do not oppress a foreigner you yourselves know how it feels to be foreigners because you were foreigners in egypt leviticus when a foreigner resides among you in your land do not mistreat them leviticus again you are to have the same law for the foreigner and the native born I am the Lord, your God. He's God. He gets to make the rules. And that's why he slips that in there, saying, I'm in charge. You be as kind to the foreigner as you are to anyone. Let the same law re- rule you are. Do not mistreat them. Be hospitable. Hospitable. Now, here's a point in the sermon where most preachers would dive into the roots, the etymology of the word hospitable. I'm not going to do that because, quite frankly, it doesn't even apply. It has changed meaning so many times. We used to call where we put people to die a hospice. Then it became a hospital. (laughs) Okay? Now we hope you get out. But it uses the same name as hospice and hospitality. All the word meant to them back then was share share. And it's a bigger word than share your house or food, although that's part of it. It's more of a sharing of your life in order to give comfort to someone in need. Sharing what you have and who you are in order to give comfort to those in need. God walked with Adam and Eve in the quiet of the garden. I love that, that picture, that hospitality. He nurtured a relationship with families that later became tribes and later became a nation. And as they traveled, he had them build a big tent. Oh, the Old Testament words for it is tabernacle, but it means a big tent. And he told them, take this tent as me traveling with you. And he put a pillar of cloud and the, and the and in the sky by day, a pillar of fire by night, to move them, to show you, I'm walking with you. There's an expression which you hear every so often, people say, um, you know, go with God. That's a that's beautiful and inaccurate and a great uh, thing to say. But another thing to say would be, may God go with you. Because God is, not only do we walk with God, he walks with us. Now that requires some work. My wife and I do not walk at the same pace. There are, I, I, have to, I have to moderate somewhat. But in this, I am like my mom. My mom's about this tall. She's a pocket mom. You can pull her out in case of emergencies. and <laughs> Use her, every, very highly portable. But if you put my mom down, she's 87, she'll still outwalk you. It just goes. Now, my father walked at a glacial pace. This did not go well. And he would always, he called her Kitty. He said, Kitty, write us when you get there. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'll start walking and think, didn't I used to have a wife? And I'll look back and there she is. And I say, you know, you're, we're, we're acting like a good uh, one of those religions where the man has to walk out in front now. And I think we're giving the wrong impression to the neighbors. We've already done that before. We, we weren't in the house three weeks until I was out in the yard, and these little girls came up. Uh, I don't know, 10, 12 years old on their bicycles, and they were just looked at me. And I'm going, well, that's unusual. And one of them says, are you the Scottish priest? I went... I've got a wife there and my grandkids, so let's uh, eliminate one religion. Uh, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. I just said, yes, bless you. And <laughs> <clears throat> took a collection. Uh, they, they, um Have you ever heard the expression, you can't outgive God? Normally, people do something like that when they want you to give more money in a plate. They say, you can't outgive God, as if you're going to go, well, let's see him top this. Or, in case you think he's a vending machine. I'll put in 10, get out 20. That's not what it's about. It is true. You can't give, out-give God because God continually showers us with blessing of all kinds. And not just on the nice people. Jesus makes it very plain, even the evil receive blessings from God every day. He showers us and then tells us, follow my example and share with others. The Sermon on the Mount, which we dearly love here at 4th Avenue, says this. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Ooh, we're going to get back to that. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And and goes on, if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I want to talk about the perfect word there. Because that scares everybody, doesn't it? We are calling upon you to be perfect today. Okay. That's hard to do. It really is. I've already sinned for a get out of bed because I'm complaining that I have to. And I'm whining and, and it's difficult. I'm not a Christian when I wake up. It takes me a while. I've had people say, let's meet for breakfast at 6. No. No. Wait till I get my Jesus on. And I can meet you at an hour that he loves, according to me. The word perfect just means make your circles complete. Let me explain that. He said, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you so that you will be children of my Father. He wants you to act like the family acts. Our family is like this, Jesus says. So act like this. It's a family treat. It's not a command. It is a this is our family. This is the speed we walk. This is the way we walk. Stick with the family. Act like the family. Love even the enemies. We would um, we'd go down to watch a ball game in Detroit when we were there. Now Co-America Park's a fantastic park. And to try to liven up the downtown, they put all the stadiums downtown. Uh, it displaced some of the homeless people, which really bothered us. But we've, we found them, and we kept working with them. But you'd park your car, and a guy would collect some money. And you're not really sure if he owns that lot or not. You know, but okay, fair enough. He'll watch the car for you. All right, all right, there you are, man. And as you're walking by, there'd be people lining the roads asking for money. Now, some of them just had a sign and a hat or something. Some of them would uh, play little tunes on plastic bottles for you uh, and, and I always liked that I always think hey, you know you're sharing music with us you' you got something here let's let's do that I enjoyed that but one of my favorites and and he rotated but um, there, there was a guy that was always there that I have a sign saying give me three dollars for a 40 ouncer Now those of you that are Christian or, pretending not to know what a 40-ouncer is. 40-ouncers is what they call the cheap, highly fortified malt beverage. At that stage, you can't call it beer because it has too much alcohol in it. Uh, the, the people that make it say it has too high a gravity, and I'm, I keep thinking, you don't know what gravity is. That's alcohol there. You got phenols in this thing. But I always appreciated it because he's right up front about it. He wasn't saying, I got a sick kid or my dog needs to go to college. He was saying, I need some liquor. Now, it always tickled me that Josh, my son-in-law, preacher now at Otter Creek, in case you want to write him a hate mail, would always give him a couple of dollars just for his honesty. We, not, these people aren't our enemies, but isn't it interesting How hard it is to even be hospitable there, be kind there, look at them, talk to them, know them. Famous story, I've told you before, Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were friends. They had a a discussion table at a local pub, but they were walking across the quad, which um, for you Americans, uh, universities used to be built upon and have a central quad and then you'd have a larger quad. So there, in an inner quad there at uh, one of the colleges at Oxford when a beggar came up to them and asked them for any spare change they had. And immediately Jack, as C.S. Lewis was known, reached into his pocket, grabbed all of his change, and handed it to the man. J.R.R. Tolkien was a hard man, and he immediately began to berate Jack for giving him this And he said, he's just going to spend it on tobacco and alcohol. C.S. Lewis stopped and looked at him and said, well, that's what I was going to spend it on. (laughs) I think he and I would have been friends. God wants you to remember perfect. He didn't leave anybody out. Perfect. He gets everybody you too reach out we are to be complete offering hospitality to all in fact if you want to be a leader in God's church you have to be hospitable take a look at these passages now the overseer that's a horrible word by the way it's a King James word but I asked them to put this one in for some other words in that list we um we know that the word now means shepherd. And that's a whole different thing than overseer. All right? So let's move on. Is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable. Now, again, I ask for an older version so we'd get the word hospitable. Some of the newer versions will talk about, you know, open and giving and sharing. But that's what it means. Be open to share your gift to comfort those Who need comfort. And then Titus chapter 1 verse 7, since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, see, so it's not the overseer you're thinking, not quick-tempered, not, uh, this is very, I I gotta explain this. Timothy's was very positive, Titus was very negative, and that's because Timothy was in a, a city which was pretty nice, and Titus was in Crete, which was awful. So they had to be given negative ones. Not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Well, again, you're measuring, you're, you're, you're working with God's people. You are to be a sharer, a kind person. Our hospitality, in fact, has a lot to do with whether or not we please God and enter heaven. Matthew chapter 25, then the king will say to those on his right, I have no idea if that's our right or his right. I'm a little concerned about where to sit. The pews could go away at any moment. Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. You take your inheritance when you're in the family. You're in the family when you act like the family. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Why? For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Now, Think about that. We we know the passage. We know that somebody in the crowd goes, no, that wasn't us. Don't do that. If God says it's you and you get to go to heaven, don't quibble with him. Go. If you want to blow the curve, do it later. Not then. I, I, that's just an amazing passage. Why? What, what's going on? The giving. And I do want to bring up this point because it's in the hearts of, of people here. Because we're people. Not because we're bad. But it's because we're people. There are those that are saying, but wait a minute. If I just give to everything, I'll be Poor. I'm not asking you to give to everything. In fact, I had a talk with my mom this last week. Because I got her mail in and brought it up to the apartment where she lives. And I noticed that there was a a plea for money. And I I said, Mom, you are 87 years old and people know where you live. So they are going to hit you with constant asking for money. I said, no, you don't need to be doing that pick. And she goes, no, I always just give through the church. I said, that's good. Before we'd gone another 10 minutes, I found out gifts that she'd given to two other places. And I'm going, okay, you know, it's your money. You can do with it what you wish. But pick wisely who you want to support. You know that it can get tiring. You go to Walmart and then you're in the self-checkout line because you don't just go to Walmart anymore. Now you work there. And finally, you've you've got everything in the bag appropriately to to please Siri, who followed you in, evidently. That's the voice. And then it will pop up, would you like to give more money to kids that are hungry, or are you the kind of person that wouldn't? Would you like to fill out a little balloon and put it in? And you're going, i Pick wisely. Think about it. I don't know those charities. You can look them up to see if they're good or not. But pick wisely where you go. But don't worry about will you have enough money. The TV worries about that for you. Why don't we just say, let's let the family take care of the family. Let's let a Christian brothers and sisters make sure all of us are loved and cared for. Because Jesus also said that very difficult thing, lay not up in store for yourself treasures on earth, but treasures in heaven. We need to rethink our relationship to money. We need to rethink our relationship to goods. Now, hospitality, most of us, when we think that, we think of inviting people into our home or perhaps for a meal, and that's completely fine. And My wife, God bless her, keeps buying um, mats for the front of the house for people to wipe their feet. And it, and it says in big letters, welcome. And I told her, i I'm not really comfortable with the message we're sending here. But, but she won't do a go away or we're busy. Uh, or I have asked. I said, were they out of the good ones? Uh, but no. <clears throat> it's fine when we bring people in. But that's not what the word means entirely. That's a small piece. Hospitality means to invite them in your life. I have people very frequently say, You have such a big online presence and you always answer the questions that are thrown at you. Uh, And that's not true. When I see a question that I think is combative, I ignore it. I don't have time for that. But they'll say, you always make a little comment here or there. And then all the emails you answer. And I, uh, Yes. Why? Because I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to invite people into my life. I'm a highly private person. You know this. My staff certainly knows it. I have an open-door policy that has completely failed because people keep coming in. <laughs> I was hoping I, just the offer would be enough, but no. We are to bring people in. It doesn't say do it if you like it. It says learn to act like the family. May I give some praise to you, please? Fourth Avenue, you are amazing. Last week, for example, the youth were leading. Two young girls sang and led us through every song. Oh my goodness, they were amazing. I, I kept listening to this thinking, anybody here that has wondered in and wants to be a contestant for The Voice or American Idol has just switched from music to accounting <laughs> because you're not going to beat this. And our seniors, I'm going to go to the extremes, all right, the bookends, welcome them, sing along. When Mark leads a song, which our seniors love, our youth sing it. We sing for each other here every Sunday, without barriers. The youth and the seniors consider themselves the same family. Are you aware of how rare that is in churches? It is exceedingly rare. But here it's every Sunday. Every Sunday here, Democrats and Republicans worship together, and I refuse to speak about the politics. And that makes some people angry, but not Fourth Avenue people, not really. Because we're not here for politics. We're here for Jesus. And I'm not gonna tell you who to vote for, even though many of you are voting wrong. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. How would I know? I don't know if I'm voting right or not. Sometimes I'll just say, dear Lord, help me, this is all we've got. Um, maybe I should make a call to the Queen, say, could you take us back? Uh, that's, um, it's been a long time, water under the bridge, you know, my, my, the thing is, if she did, and then all of a sudden she retired and it was Charles, you would blame me. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna back away from that offer hospitality requires that we offer this and we do there was and this sounds political I think maybe but I hope it isn't when Justice Scalia was alive he was if I understand correctly the most conservative of the justices but his best friend was Ruth Bader Ginsburg did you know that I don't know if she's the furthest left or not I I, how would I know this but I know she's left But they worked out together, they ate together, they went on vacations together. They were dear friends. So can't we be dear friends with those that disagree with us? Can't we be dear friends with them and and not worry about all the divisions? This Wednesday, my wife and I will be going into downtown Nashville to eat with hundreds of Muslims. When they break their fast of Ramadan Wednesday night at Iftar. Why? Because we invite them into our lives. They invite us back by the way. It's important. Karen Burton Means says this, the essence of hospitality is a heart open to God with room prepared for the guestness of the Holy Spirit that welcomes the presence of Christ This is what we share with those to whom we open our doors. Think about this. I I think it was very well phrased. By the way, in the the King James Version, they call the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost. When I was a boy, I was thinking, ghost? That's kind of cool and scary. Later, I found out that in King James' day, the word ghost meant guest. He was the holy guest of God. What Karen Burton means is saying is if you open up your heart to God and make room for the Holy Spirit, the people that come in contact with you then get to meet Jesus for he lives in the rooms of your heart. And it's only natural that they see Jesus when you offer them to whatever you have to share with them your life. It's an amazing thought. Note. We offer hospitality to the Holy Spirit, to the Father, to the Son. And then we share those goods, the Trinity, with those with whom we come in contact. We open our doors, and we open the doors of our heart to them as well. This sharing has to be intentional and targeted as well as opportunistic. Again, I'm not asking you to throw money to the wind. There are some charities out there that aren't that effective. So, do some research. But the people that you meet, that's the opportunistic. God sends them. God is in the interruptions. He is not in your schedule. He's in the interruptions. Give to them as well. Share Jesus with them in whatever way they need Jesus. We intentionally shape our lives to include The fatherless and the widow, James 1 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. By the way, with that lead-in sentence, don't you think we might want to listen? To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So I want to step aside again and say, in our society, widows Uh, We used to use uh, sexual, uh, sex-dependent words like, uh, specific words like, widow, widower, that's gone uh, to the wayside now. We call them all widows. Widows immediately enter a phase of life where they are overlooked. Orphans, and you can be orphaned because your parents died, or because your parents are mean and have rejected you, or that you can't go to them. There are all kinds of orphans. They can be forgotten. Single people can be forgotten because churches are built around couples and families. We have to intentionally look for the single and love them. Single mothers have the hardest job on the planet. They must be shown respect, love, hospitality, sharing of our goods, whatever it takes. God says that's pure, undefiled religion. That's what we are at 4th. Remind ourselves of this. Talk to each other about this. We stop what we're doing when somebody needs us. When we have the chance to share what we have. uh, We're not going to read this, but I I love it. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are walking into the temple. A beggar asks for alms. And Peter stops and he says, look at me. Now normally we think of us avoiding the eyes of the beggars. The homeless, whoever, whatever you want to call them. But here, this guy was so downhearted, he couldn't even look up. And Peter goes, look at me. He did, and he says, we don't have silver and gold, but what we have, we will give to you. Wow. And shared Jesus with them. Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, is off the side of the road. And God, or Jesus, who is God, is walking around doing church. He's doing teaching. And the beggar's going, alms, help me, alms, help me. And Jesus stops, goes down to him. In, in this Mark chapter 10, one of the most profound moments in Scripture, as far as I'm concerned. The Son of God, the creator of the universe, according to John chapter 1, walks up to a blind beggar, a man with zero status, and says, what is it you would like for me to do for you? Do you... Do you see what just happened? The greatest being in the universe stopped when a no-status being asked for help. But God did not rush in and say, "Well, here's a few bucks," or here's. He didn't even rush in and say, "All right, I'll heal you." He says, "What do you want me to do for you?" Isn't that the father all of us want? Isn't that the big brother all of us want? Well, it's who you got. So, Mark, I know that your team has to be scattered all over, so I'm going to ease down, give you a minute or two to to gather them. So, hospitality does mean to open your physical doors. I'm going to disappear to the people on the balcony and their prayers will be answered. But it also means to open the doors of your heart so that they can see the Spirit of God. They can see you're like Jesus. I, I've said before, I came home once, my wife goes, how'd it go? And I said, I met a Christian at Walmart. She goes, well, who is it? I said, I don't know her name. Never met her before, but you could just tell. She just shined with the, or as we'd say in Breton, she shone with the, the greatness of love and faith in God. It was amazing. Hospitality means seek those out who are in need. And when those are in need, seek you out. Be available. Share your goods, your place, your time, and your life just as God has shared his good, his place, his time, and life with you. It's a discipline because it has to be intentional. It has to be by faith. And that faith is the mark on us that shows we know and love Jesus. Would you stand, please? Jesus, when He knew he was about to die. He had a choice of subject matter. He could have said anything. But he told his apostles, they will know you're in the family. You're Christians by your love. Not by your your specific way of worship. Not by your specific doctrine on things. By your love. Let us be known by our love. Be hospitable to all. Amen, church?